Because the fact that you um, want to be with this person doesn't mean that you are that person or that they define who you are. And you are both completely separate people, like building your own lives, but meeting in the middle to create something. So when you're apart, use it as a way to go deeper into yourself. That was Sonia Primorano, and this is episode nine of Into Intentional. Welcome to Into Intentional. My name is Christy, or better known as Sedona Christina in the YouTube internet land. I'm a wellness enthusiast, sustainable and ethical living advocate, entrepreneur, and believer in the power of doing. During my own wild journey towards a place of self-love and intentional living, I found magic in the voices of others to power me through. Into Intentional is a space where we do just that. We peek into the minds of inspiring humans passionate about an intentional living, be it mindfulness, wellness, fitness, nutrition, sustainability, entrepreneurship, or self-care. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and spending time with me. Now let's jump in to the show. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This week I have Sonia Primorano on the show. She's a new friend of mine and like all of my friends who have been on the show, is a wonderful, kind, loving, and intuitive human being that I can't wait to share her voice with all of you guys. She's also from Montreal, which is pretty exciting. It's It was really refreshing. I've lived in the States now for about nine years, a little over nine years. And um yeah, it was just really nice to meet someone from home who has like knows the same places and all the same things as me that hasn't happened for me in a really long time. Um, but aside from being from Montreal, because obviously we're not defined by where we're from, that's for sure. Um, she's a wonderful photographer, a poet. She has the most amazing writing. If you ever um, followed her Instagram or follow her new Instagram she just has such a wonderful way with words. Um, she's an herbalist and she's an adventurer of sorts. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with her. I'm going to try and keep this intro short because you guys know that I can I can really blab on. That's, that's a problem. I <laughs> have a few friends in my life who like to tease me for that. And it's very true. And we all know it. So yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. We speak a lot about long distance relationships, about changing our lives and starting on a new path, about moving forward, and um, really just about life in general. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Sonia Primorano. Hi, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, how are you? Good. Um, so why don't we start with just like a little bit of background information. Sure where you're from, what you do, who you are, who your being is. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm Sonia, and I'm originally from Montreal, but recently moved here from Seattle to Mary, my now husband. And um, I've been a photographer for eight years and just kind of, yeah, doing my living your life, life thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, so I'm actually really curious about moving here and like, how did you meet your husband? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> let me break it down. I went on a solo backpacking trip to Costa Rica okay. four years ago. How was that? Was that amazing? The most incredible experience of my life. Yeah. But um, after that year, I decided to go again the next year in the wintertime. I don't know why. I just had like this gut feeling that I should go. And 
at the retreat center that I was volunteering at, Andrew, my now husband, was also volunteering. Oh, and wow. we arrived literally the same day and we're volunteering like at the we were at the volunteer meeting and I just it's kind of cheesy. But I remember hearing his voice before seeing his face and like distinctly remember that like, oh, I need to meet this person. Like this person wow. sounds really cool and I don't know, I need to talk to them and meet them and see who they are and from there <laughs> like we literally moved in with each other <laughs> like oh my three gosh. days later it was really fast in but, costa rica yeah how long were you there for uh my original plan was to be there three months okay we stayed together two months and then ended up traveling to guatemala for a month okay after that. yeah and from there we i traveled back and forth from montreal to seattle it's like not a short distance no, no it's also you know i've i i feel like a lot of people do long distance in between canada and the states a yeah. lot but it's usually on the same coast yeah like montreal's complete other side of the country yeah i know from here it was pretty crazy and we didn't really go into the relationship with any sort of expectation so okay. i think that's also what benefited the relationship like oh we'll see where this goes i really love you but yeah you know let's kind of go with the flow and see where this takes us and it just ended up taking me here finally nice. <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy what made you decide to come here instead of go to montreal because like you both could have um that's a hard question i think i just always wanted to be here and he didn't really new. have an interest in moving to yeah. french it's <laughs> oh montreal. Yeah, yeah yeah that's really hard. i mean yeah. that's another thing too especially when you come from the english part of montreal yeah. like even if you're from there, like it can be hard to yeah. like get a job in mm-hmm. certain places and stuff. Yeah. And I think also being that he had his own business already yeah. and I'm a freelancer, I yeah. had more options in terms of traveling and just, you know, figuring yeah. out from there. And- I do find too, people who are from Seattle, like overwhelmingly love Seattle. Whereas I found growing up in Montreal, like everybody wanted to leave. <laughs> Which sounds so terrible because I love it now and I do feel I like, I, you know, I've, so been in, true. I've been in the States now for nine years, so it's been a long time, but I always like, I want to go back really badly. Yeah, like I too. love Montreal so much, but it's just interesting as a kid, everybody was like, I'm leaving here. Yep. I'm never staying like, they're like the minute high school's over, I'm out of here. Yeah. I had the same feeling. A lot of my friends are still there though, <laughs> but I, it's different because in Seattle people are like, I love it. Like they, there's like such, um community here Mm -hmm. i think like the sports are really big here is he really big into like the seahawks no no interesting he wasn't but it's like there's a very strong there's a lot of pride pride yeah Yeah. like seattle which i think is really i never i don't know like over i've moved around over the course of the last like 10 years a lot and i hadn't lived anywhere like here where there was such a pride i agree for their city in a long time and it was really nice Mm. Yeah. So you like it out here? I do. What would you say is the biggest difference you're noticing West Coast to East Coast? The landscape. <laughs> that was oh, the first yeah. thing I noticed. Yeah. Um, like just the way that like there's different trees and different nature around. You can yeah. go on a hike in like 30 minutes and you're like in the deep yeah. forest. Yeah. And things like the Ho rainforest or the Olympic Peninsula are just spectacular. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It's beautiful. Um, in terms of culture, I think just american and canadian things are different yeah which we could go down that rabbit hole yeah yeah. we did i i get a lot of like when people are like oh so uh, that people are shocked that there's a difference and i'm like you do realize they're two different countries there's there's a lot of difference going on here similarities but also differences yeah definitely and i think especially east coast maybe west coast i'm not sure oh yeah for sure 
I've, I haven't lived on the West coast of Canada, but I've lived on both the East coast of the U S and mm-hmm. Canada and now the West coast mm-hmm. of here. Mm-hmm. And I've done like a little bit, like I've been in Vancouver and stuff yeah. a decent amount. Um, but there's a totally different vibe. It's really interesting. I've said this in probably a bunch of, po- I don't know how every podcast I do always comes back to like Seattle, <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get through that really quick. Don't worry guys. Um, but I've noticed like one of the big differences is like people here actually leave work at five. True. Like it's a nine to five and you're done. Even if your work isn't done. Whereas the East coast, I mean like when I worked on the East coast, we'd, I'd be there until like eight thirty, yeah, nine, like yeah. if it needed to be. Like, yeah. Whereas here it's like, it's a lot more casual. You don't have to wear, you don't have to be True. so like yep. fancy to work. Progressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very progressive. Um, okay, cool. So you're a photographer, I yes. guess by trade, by trade. but you can't, I saw on your Insta stories, you can't work here yet, right? No. Is yeah. that? Because I, I don't have a green card. I remember those days. Yeah. I don't have oh, a green card yet. Days. Yeah. So I'm waiting on this process. Yeah. But yeah, it just takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I very distinctly remember uh, being in high school and I couldn't work and everybody, yep. all my friends had jobs Ooh. and yeah. it was kind of like a, I felt like a spoiled brat kid, but I was yes. like, I'm physically like, I can't it's illegal it. for yeah. me to work now. <laughs> I just can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember getting my green card and like running through my gym class being like, I can get a job. <laughs> <laughs> like I just have this very distinct memory. Um, okay. So you're a photographer. Yes. How did you get into photography? Uh, I kind of always been interested in art in okay. general. I, um, I mean, I always rem- have a memory. I always remember having like a crayon in my hand, and I originally went into CJEP, which is like pre college. Yeah, guess, for I the always ones in the a- states. I equate it to CJEP to me is like middle school, but for college, yeah, true that we have in Quebec, true. Which grade I don't, twelve and thirteen, I guess. Yeah, uh. but in the states, they have grade twelve as like part of high school. Yeah. So it's always a weird, me introducing that to my American yeah. friends. They're like, what the heck? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, Actually, a lot of Canada doesn't have that too. No, it's just we're Quebec. the only ones. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's Quebec like this does two, things yeah. differently. <laughs> yeah. Just two years before university. Anyway, yeah. I went into visual arts because I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to go into fine arts or wasn't, I don't mm-hmm. know, I wasn't really 100% sure. But um, yeah, I took a photography class and I'd taken like a workshop once, maybe when I was like 14 in the summer. But I always had the idea that I was going to be like an art historian or like okay. a curator or yeah, something. Yeah, gallery yeah. curator. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I loved art, but um, I went into university for a year into art history and realized that like this is not at all what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I don't want to sit here and study art all day. Yeah. I want to actually be creating something. And before that, I met my then boyfriend during CJEP and he started... Uh, his own video production company so making music videos short films yeah really amazing he's super talented um and he took me on as a photographer like Uh, behind the scenes okay and from there i guess that part of me was nurtured in a way that made me feel like i could do this and that i was talented enough and since like 2011 i haven't really stopped (laughs) that's crazy yeah what what kind of stuff do you shoot I would say, say, I mean, I started my career in behind the scenes and like unit stills. So like on film sets doing the like posters and like, I don't know, like those shots you see on whatever that the movie share. Um, But then from there, like we had broken up. So I guess that kind of forced me to figure (laughs) figure myself out in a different way and do something different. I did work on film sets afterwards, but what felt most authentic to me from there was like lifestyle 
weddings, portraits, food. Just gotcha. like, yeah, like life. Yeah. Unfoldings of life. There's actually, now that I'm thinking about it too, there's a lot of like film stuff that goes on in Montreal. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. They use Montreal a lot of the times as New York. Yeah. And yeah. Like every, <laughs> it's like kind of a running joke in our family. Every movie we watch, my dad's like, oh, film was filmed in Montreal. <laughs> and we're like, mm, you know, I'm pretty sure this takes place in North Carolina. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's Montreal, but it's like a running joke in our family because yeah. he's always like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, I think the studios are just cheaper to rent. Yeah. Because it's cheaper to do stuff in like Canadian dollars. Yeah. 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 Good old Canadian versus American Ooh. currency. Any yeah. other Canadians probably know exactly what we're talking about. And yeah. Americans are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. I kind of want to dive into how has the transition been? I guess like your journey and I guess before you came here, but also since mm. coming here, like mm-hmm. it was a big step for you to yeah. move out here. It was like I, a new chapter. Yes. Um, so I'm curious about that. So you want to know like how it felt for me to transition yeah, into this other I guess chapter so. in my let's, life? Let's start maybe. So you were, you got into photography. Yes. Let's like go from there. Like how did your, how did you get like come into like veganism and oh, like okay. wellness and okay. stuff? I was introduced, um, I guess, to other ways with spirituality or like um, spiritual concepts in high school. I distinctly remember having like a world religion class. Okay. And um, the school you went to, was it a Catholic school? It was a Catholic school. Okay. Yeah. Because I had it, she was telling me before and I had a friend that went to the same school. Yeah. It was an all girls Catholic school. Yeah. (laughs) And, but we had a world religion class and buddhism like really struck me i was like whoa that is fascinating and mm-hmm. we learned about like hinduism sikhism um judaism like, all kinds class like that is so important in high school yeah it I opened wish my school had yeah that. it opened my mind to other ways of living that mm-hmm. i didn't personally experience I was like whoa if they live this way and they you know they believe in this god or this version of god or don't believe in that type of a god like i don't know it just opened my mind to other possibilities of spirituality that i didn't really think about or maybe that resonated with me that i didn't know they did if that makes any sense like i had so growing up catholic you know you're taught from the bible but within me i had like this understanding of god that was more than what they were teaching me okay like more than just a set of rules. Yes. Not I, to say that the Bible is a set of rules, no, but, but you know what I mean. It felt um, larger mm-hmm. than what the limitations that I felt were being put like within that religion. Yeah. So when I discovered like other types of religions, like, whoa, like that resonates with me so much more than the religion that I was brought up in. Not that it's a bad religion. It just didn't like fully resonate with me. Yeah. Um, but I never really made anything of it. I kind of went through this um, anti-religion phase, um, like didn't believe in anything higher than me. But, um, from there, I, I think it was with my boyfriend's family at the time. They were very spiritual. They knew, like they talked about Deepak Chopra and okay. Thich Nhat Hanh. And I remember buying the book, The Untethered Soul. And that literally changed my life. Why do I know the name? It's by Michael, what's his name? Michael Singler Selger. Okay. It's, we can look it up. It's spectacular. Yeah. It's, it really, really honestly changed my life. Yeah. And from there, I guess just being open to life in a different way kind of unfolded um, certain experiences that, I don't know, like allowed me to grow. 
Um, um i guess okay the catalyst moment for me was uh, i was in a really bad car accident um oh wow yeah i like literally almost died (gasps) my wait what happened um so okay (laughs) i was on set and i was told like oh you need to go pick up the actor uh it was like a gated community so please go pick up the actor at the gate um and you know we'll wait for you until you get back and for some reason (laughs) Within me, I was like, I don't know. My dog just sneezed. You can probably oh. smell that. Are we going to hear that? Not smell that. <laughs> probably can't smell through no, a podcast. No, no. Sorry. But yeah. Um, so I, something in my gut told me that I shouldn't go. And that I remember telling like the crew, like, look, I, I'm here as a photographer. Like, I don't know if I should be going to pick up the actor at the gate. Like, I, I don't know if that's what I should be doing right now. Mm-hmm. But they kept on pressuring me to go. Like, Sonia, please go. Like, just go pick up the actor. Finally, I went against my intuition and drove on the road. And it was like gravel. Okay. And there's a distinct like curb. And past the curb, there's like a ravine that like okay. dropped, I don't know how many feet, like 50 feet at least, into a river, like raging river. Oh my gosh. Where and, was this? Uh, this is in like wet northwest Quebec. Okay. Towards Ontario. Okay. And uh, I just remember like turning the curb and I knew that it, I had to go slow. So I was going maybe... 30 kilometers mm-hmm. an hour and for some reason my car didn't grip onto the gravel mm. it was braking but just wouldn't like grip and suddenly like my car just was like swerving like on oh this curve God. and I was trying to control it with my wheel yeah um until finally I had like this blip insight thought that I had to let go of the wheel and that I had to trust that I was going to be okay so I literally let go and my car like spun like completely 360 and flipped into a ditch. But what was so amazing was that it felt like if you can imagine two hands, two enormous hands like holding my car and flipping it. That's oh what my, it felt like to really? me. Yeah. Wow. And it was so, it felt, it felt like an eternity that I was flipping. upside down flipping. And I was so lucky, like that patch of um, ditch was the only part that didn't go down into the river. And if I had like, I don't know, flipped oh any yeah. any more feet left or right, I probably would have been crushed by like stumps or hit a tree. Yeah. But it was in between trees. A stump was like further away, like right near the wheel, like oh essentially. Yeah. And I left unscathed no scratch no broken bone not anything no concussion nothing yeah and i remember getting out of my car (laughs) Uh, i had like a few moments of panic (laughs) yeah yeah but i remember like crawling out because there was enough space on the opposite um like the passenger seat like i couldn't get out this way because it was like crushed yeah Yeah. but i could get up the other way you had to like pull yourself up yeah i had to like literally crawl out yeah but um yeah, I just remember like thinking, okay, <laughs> what, what just now? what yeah, just happened to me? Happened. I just, it felt so surreal, like, and that I had just gotten out of the car, like nothing had happened, and I was like really far from the cat the cottage at the time, and I because I was so disoriented, I didn't know how close I was compared to the gate to the the cabin where where we were having the shoot. Yeah, so I started walking back, and within 
like <laughs> literally a minute and there's never cars on this road ever it's like the middle of nowhere within a minute like a park ranger car <laughs> drives oh over like the the top of the hill and they're giving like a tour or something <laughs> i don't know why wow. they're like uh do you need a lift or something like yeah you know that's my car over there <laughs> i just had an accident <laughs> We're like, uh, are you sure you're okay? Wow. Yeah. And from that moment on, I feel like that was like my wake up call. Did you feel, so you you didn't feel traumatized. You felt like, whoa. Yeah. I felt like reborn. Wow. Yeah. So then what did that super make you profound. look into and I do? I think what that did was, um, how old were you at the time? I was 22. Okay. 22 or 23. Um, but yeah, I think just That's from not that long ago. No, it's not that long. I'm ago. picturing you as like a 15 year old. No, no. Kid. Wow. Uh, so, wow. Yeah, not that long ago. But um, yeah, I from there just like so many things happened. <laughs> like uh, the relationship I was in just crumbled uh, within the next month. Wow. And like I was just per- <laughs> just pushed into this new life, and I feel like that was like the image I always get is like I was in a womb, like cradled in this womb uh-huh. and like forced to like be reborn again. Okay. That was like the the overwhelming feeling of yeah. my life at that time. Like everything I knew no longer existed. The dreams that I had didn't exist anymore, like weren't there anymore. Like yeah. I had this vision of being in this relationship for basically all my life. That didn't happen. Um, and just my understanding of life changed. Like I almost died and I had like visions of my entire life like flash before me if you can imagine like fold- yeah. folders or like akashic records is what they're called yeah i didn't know at the time but it just like everything it's a what it's called an akashic record we have akashic records okay <laughs> and basically they're universal records that this um i guess universal consciousness holds so we can access those records if we so want to okay and what what philosophy is that part of or like what I don't remember. Oh, okay. I just remember hearing it. Yeah. And it Akashic. Akashic records. Okay. And like every moment of my life like flash before flash before me, but within a second. It it's so strange. Because wow. um, isn't there like a thing when your adrenaline is like su- like you just become super present and like time yes. slows down. I guess that's what it felt yeah. like. But yeah, it was amazing. And I just in those moments I realized that you know um I realized that life is so transient Hmm. yet perfect Hmm. and it is only in every moment that life exists like that's the the general thing that I have felt yeah (sighs) be here now yeah now is the only moment and and that we have to make the most of it totally yeah and live like this is it because it is it yeah <laughs> this is all there is totally <laughs> right now totally um we don't even have like 10 minutes ago when we were standing around my table I know, talking it's yeah. crazy the beginning of this podcast yeah not here it just anymore. doesn't yeah um yeah and so from there i made the decision that i needed to do something for me because i had been um i guess in a relationship i think like many women or girls do is that they give their entire self to oh, someone yeah. else yeah and when that ended, I just didn't know who I was anymore. I was like, what? like who am I as a person? I can I've, identi- <laughs> I've identified so much with this other person. And now that they're no longer here to reflect my, me back at myself, yeah. I have no like grounding, no footing yeah. to base myself on. 
So I decided to go to Costa Rica. Just I felt like I needed to go there. And I backpacked by myself for three months. Wow. Made the, I don't know, it was just so incredible. Met the most amazing people. Um, I stayed at a retreat center called Pachamama at the time. And like stayed in community um, did medicine ceremonies and just oh, my what life. kind of medicine uh we did peyote okay and san pedro okay and it was with a shaman okay from ecuador and it just it's so hard to describe but it made me realize that there were things i was looking for that i didn't know that i was looking for and it filled mm-hmm. these these pieces within me like I, I've been searching for them and they finally came together for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized my own capabilities as a woman, like growing up, I realized my own strength and just how powerful my intuition mm-hmm. was and how it's always right. It's never, ever, ever wrong. Yeah. And to always follow that. That's insane. Yeah. And then next year I met Andrew. And he, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It just unfolded. Was in this he, crazy way. why did he go to Costa Rica? Um, I think for the same, not maybe not the relationship reasons, but yeah. for the same reasons to discover just, more of who he was. Yeah. And oddly enough, like we literally just missed each other the year, the first year. Oh, we he was went. there as well. Yeah. And those are the only two years he ever went. What made him want to go the second year? I think the same the reason as me. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's almost like you guys just missed each other. The universe was like, oh no, not, not yet. Not ready yet. Not yet. But you're going to come back next year. Yeah. Cause that, that following year I went there just to... I don't know, it was like a gift to myself, it felt yeah. like. And I was so embodied within myself yeah. and so confident. Um, I really knew who I was at that point. And we both were coming from this place yeah. of being two, two whole people. And without even wanting it or searching for it, we found each other. That's crazy. Yeah. And also so exciting. I've I've definitely I mean I've never been to Costa Rica. I've never done the whole Please go. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by it though, mm-hmm. I will say. Um I don't know, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but we won't get into that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then what was your next couple? Like how did you what would you say your like philosophy on life is that's a, stu- <laughs> that's a stupid question. But you know what I mean? Like it's like so you're vegan. Yes, I'm vegan. When did that come into play? Uh, around the same time I went to Costa Rica. Okay. I wasn't vegan at the time, although I was transitioning. Like I was okay. mostly vegetarian and I ate fish occasionally or something. Mm-hmm. But the, the year I met Andrew just like felt so right. Okay. And yeah, I just continued with it. Honestly, it yeah. wasn't anything I really had to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, uh, that's pretty well said. I think like a lot of people really overcomplicate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I'm in this <laughs> weird, like debating phase of whether or not my platform is like a vegan platform anymore. I Cause I started it as I was transitioning. To okay. It. So that's like where it came up. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of people who do follow me though, who aren't. Um, and I, because for me, it's just, it's very passive because yep. again, like it was just something I didn't really have to, I don't know. Like yeah. I just didn't have to think about like, yeah, it. Yeah. It came naturally to me. Yeah. Like I didn't overthink it, which I'm, I'm not trying to say that to like put down anybody who does feel overwhelmed no, by no. it at all. Um, but it is possible to, I guess, like approach a new lifestyle without feeling overwhelmed, um, by, I guess, just following intuition mm-hmm. and like not overthinking it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What would you say about that? Like, I would say that's right on. I mean, yeah. I just, I literally it felt so intuitive to me yeah. to 
not eat certain things yeah and then eat other things i just felt like i was incorporating so much more fruit yeah vegetables whatever grains i don't know but yeah i was just incorporating so much more into my diet and it just i didn't feel the need to eat anything else that's how i felt too like i was i felt like i it was um opening of like new things that Mm -hmm. i could try Mm -hmm. i don't know if it would be the same now though in 2018 i feel like everybody does like I don't know, this is like a bunch of years ago when like it wasn't popular to like have quinoa or like, you know, all the stuff that it's like super normalized now. Mm -hmm. So maybe for me, it just felt like a opening of options and stuff. I also was coming from like restrictive patterns. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like don't know. I feel like every thing that I do, like the word vegan comes up, like this topic comes up and I feel like... I don't know. Is my platform like, should I, should we continue down this road of like talking about this? Is it interesting, interesting to people? I don't know. You know, sometimes I actually but, feel like I don't want to say that I'm vegan because there are so many ooh, like, I relate ne- to that so, so many negative connotations <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. And I just say like, oh, plant-based. Or- but you know, I think we only think that because we've had negative experiences yeah, with it. That's a good point. Because true, <laughs> I brought, I've, I, I brought that up to a new friend recently and they were like well why do you feel I actually made a YouTube video about this okay and I got a lot of comments from people saying well I'm really proud to use the word and I am too I actually have the vegan symbol tattooed on my body <laughs> so I'm very proud of yeah. it it's not that I'm not it's just that I've had a lot of experiences from judgmental people yeah same. and I personally don't see myself as somebody that like needs a title I guess it's just but I, I do love the word because it's become normal yep. more normal mm-hmm. um and I do think that, um, like it's, it's so nice to like walk into a restaurant and like things are labeled that just makes life yes. easy Good peasy. Point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I get, there's different trains of thought that some people have. Some people think of it as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Some people don't understand it. Yeah. And some people, um, have a very old fashioned view of it, mm-hmm. which I think is more people than not. But I have been fortunate enough to live in a world where like it's kind of normal I guess like, yeah it is in a little bit of a bubble where it's I mean it's not super normal but it's normal I guess yeah I think I within the, I don't know, the last five years maybe mm-hmm. like it's especially here in Seattle for example there's oh, so yeah. many yeah just vegan restaurants or organic produce grocery yeah. store you know like there's so many options right now yeah that didn't exist um yeah, I've gone some pretty bad negative. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, <laughs> I think, um, I love, exp- like, I love explaining it to people who are genuinely curious, yes. you know? Um, so again, like that new friend that I was mentioning, like, they were like, why do you think it's weird? Like, and then whenever they were asking me questions, mm-hmm. I just kept being like, tell me when to stop. You know, like, <laughs> I will stop the minute you want, like, this could be a rabbit hole that I can go down because I just... Like I can, I can literally talk your ear off about yeah. this and it gets annoying. And I'm sure that some of the stuff you're like, you're psycho. Yeah. Like that's Maybe. not true. You know? Cause like so, depending on everybody has a different background yep. that they're coming from. Yep. Um, especially related to like nutrition stuff. That's like an open debate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like I'm more than happy to explain it to somebody who's genuinely curious, yes. but I never, uh, I'm over explaining it to people that have a set. Oh yeah, view. forget it. I'm just there's no it. point. Yeah, yeah. I had my like, I'm vegan. Hear oh, me roar yeah. Yeah, phase. Yeah. I mean, that's when I got it tattooed on my body. Yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> and like whenever my my family, like my critics, essentially, and 
whenever they would just ask me a question, I get so defensive. Yeah. And, but it's because you all of a sudden are like really passionate. About yeah. Something. I was really passionate about it. Yeah. But it like, yeah, it was just funny times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that though. I I'm so past that think, now though. I think a lot of people are for the first year because yeah. your awareness does open up to something new and I'm you're like, like, why don't you get it? Whoa, <laughs> like why didn't I know that? Like you just feel it's overwhelming. Like, yeah. Why didn't I know that this was going on? Yeah. And like, oh, I get it now. Like this is so cruel. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it's it's an emotional time, but it's also an exciting it time. It is. It's, it is. It's, one of my like even though i was a very intense human and other people probably didn't like me um i think it's like one of my favorite mem- like time periods in yeah. life like it's a good memory i agree i don't know i have some good memories in that time yeah um okay so so you met him how was like dating like how did that well there was like no dating really <laughs> right yeah but like you did long distance for a while oh right yeah how um, did that go that's hard yeah that was really really difficult i Mm. it's difficult not to physically see someone yeah and be in their presence it feels it How feels so strange did you like go without seeing each other um normally the long well three to four months okay the longest i think was five that's a lot yeah yeah that was not fun. yeah i've i've never done like long distance long distance but i've lived an hour from yeah the person even that is not easy yeah, but I mean, it's not the same. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but just the fact that there's a distance. Um, yeah, it's not easy. The f- like FaceTime does wonders. Like it's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it it's <laughs> you just get this idea that this person is like two dimensional thing on your yeah. screen yeah. and you forget that they're actually a human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when we finally see each other again after whatever, three, four months, it'd be like seeing it meeting a new person it's very odd like, we couldn't even look each other in the eye for like the first really? 45 minutes it was crazy wow yeah how yeah. did do you feel like your relationship had, like for anybody out there who's mm. like going through a long distance relationship mm-hmm. what would your advice be on that but also mm. second question did you feel like things changed when you now are like living together and you like are not no longer long distance okay so i'll address the first question okay my advice would be, if anyone is in a long-distance relationship, to take the opportunity as an opportunity of self-growth, to mm-hmm. learn about yourself. Because the fact that you um, want to be with this person doesn't mean that you are that person or that they define who you are. And you are both completely separate people, like building your own lives, but meeting in the middle to create something. So when you're apart, use it as a way to go deeper into yourself what are the triggers that you're experiencing being apart from someone do you miss them so much that you can't get out of bed and why is that what in you feels like you can't do that are there wounds that haven't been tended to or nurtured in a way that need to be and when you meet each other then you'll have done all this growth on your own and you'll be able to like tell each other of those growth experiences that you're having on your own yeah i love that yeah yeah i definitely think um doesn't mean it's easy though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really important to get to know yourself. Yeah, just as I think a lot of people do, especially women. We use, I mean, I guess men too. Um, anybody. Yeah. Um, people will use relationships to cover up. Yes. The tracks of something else. A lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, and I think relationships are our greatest mirrors of ourselves. 
things that bother us about other people are really the things that bother us about ourselves. Yeah. And things that we don't like about others are often the qualities in ourselves that we don't like. Um, Totally. Being observant of that is key. Mm -hmm. So I'd say I learned more about myself in those times than anything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs to take, how long, how many years would you, or like how long were we apart? Or like how long would you say you were in that phase of like getting to know yourself better and healing yourself? And it's like never stopped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it and it shouldn't either because we're always changing and evolving and like there's always going to be new things, right? Like I had a really intense time when I first got here too. Oh yeah. So much about myself in that way in what what kind (sighs) learning how to be on my own yeah being independent fully yeah i'd lived with my family until i moved out here okay and um yeah that's a big step the the, it felt like the loss of something that had been so much a part of my life Mm. like the old the old part of me died that's what it felt like The Sonia in Montreal, the Sonia with all those memories, those experiences, you know, driving wherever around town, seeing my family, all those memories in a way died. Mm. And now in this new phase of my life, it felt like a grievance of things that no longer were. So uh, I dealt with that maybe for three, four months. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty quick. I will say. I go deep. I go deep. Yeah. I feel like it takes me forever to like have even like one simple thought. I'm like like a week later, I'm like, so I should probably clean my room. Like it's like stupid things. No, I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, that's big. Do you miss like your friends and stuff? (laughs) I don't really have that many friends to be honest. I was very, uh, I guess because I'm a freelancer and like doing things on my own, it was kind of difficult for me to make long-lasting friends yeah i made friends while traveling and stayed in touch with them but it they were never like in montreal you right know i mean right right uh but yeah i miss my family for sure yeah but i've come to terms with knowing that i'll see them when i see them and that they're just fine yeah where they are like again you've only got the present moment yeah and like it's not like you're leaving something like it's not like it's no longer existing. exactly it'll always be there exactly and you're just you have the opportunity to experience something new exactly in like a beautiful way. Yeah. And life is too short to only experience one way of living. Exactly. Philosophy. Yes. I am a proponent of move as much as you can. Yes. But I also grew up moving a lot. So yeah, maybe easier for me to say. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah. And you come from like a really big close family, right? Yeah. I think that's part of the, that was part of the difficulty. Yeah. And also for me i think what made me sad more so than maybe others is that i felt i felt like the pain of my family missing me and maybe that's that was part of my grieving yeah like i was grieving for them that's really that's like harder than grieving for yourself yeah i felt like especially my parents and i don't know the family members i was especially close to yeah i know that they miss me and I'm the type of person like I can I'm easily adaptable so when I I am somewhere as much as I may be grieving like the old cycle of my life I I fully embrace the new one and I know that I'm in the right place regardless of how I feel emotionally good um so how has it been like relationship wise then how has that changed since because like going long distance to like not long distance (laughs) is a big change well I think 
um, what helped us is that we lived with each other for three to six months at a time whenever okay. I'd visit. So we kind of got a good feel for how we were live in living situations. Yeah. And when we first met, like we were basically living together right, for three right. months. So we traveled together and I think you get a pretty good idea of how someone is. Yeah. Especially who, when you're traveling. Who they are when they're traveling. <laughs> yeah. uh, and everything was just super easygoing. It was like we never not known each other. That's awesome. But moving here, it just felt like a solidification of yeah. the relationship. It yeah. didn't feel like a, a strain or any sort of extra difficult yeah. thing between us. What would you recommend then to people who are going from long distance to not long distance? Oh my, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I would say like, again, focus on yourself, yeah. <laughs> like establish some sort of a routine or do things for you, like find an activity or just do something that you love to do without your partner. So mm-hmm. you don't become so dependent on each other. I think oh, that's gotcha. like a, a detriment to a relationship. To yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so how has then you been finding like, like how's the process been going? Have you been finding like this new chapter and like ditching, like not ditching, like shedding a past life? Mm. How has that felt? It's felt after I broke through or passed through the threshold, mm-hmm. I, I've never felt more like liberated as a person, mm-hmm. I've never felt more secure within myself. I've never felt m- more like a woman than I do right now. I feel like I've really embarked on a, like, into womanhood. Going from, like, girl to woman. Yeah. 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 Which is, I, like, a while ago, like, looked at myself in the mirror and was like, I'm not a girl. Like, <laughs> it's a weird, like, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not a teenager. Yep. It's this weird coming to terms with, like... I'm an adult. Yes. I'm like an actual human. Yes. Like I, yeah, I do things in life. I'm, yep. I'm a real human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that move for me was the catalyst, catalyst for that growth and for really like stepping into my power as, yeah. a, as a woman. Yeah. And I'm also really curious about you like leaving your old Instagram. Let's talk about oh, that. <laughs> Cause you just started a new uh, Instagram. Yeah, page. I had. So the reason I think I, no, the reason I had the growth as I was chosen by Instagram as like the, what are they called? Like suggested users. Oh, okay. Like way back. Um, do they do that anymore? I don't know if they do that. Huh. I do remember that though. Was it like on the Instagram page? I like think the Instagram, so. Instagram, like their the explore Instagram feed? or like explore page. Oh, oh I was okay. like one of the featured like people. Okay. And I just got this enormous influx of like following people following me. Huh. Um, Wild. I know. It was That's really crazy. crazy. I think it was like five or six years ago. Um, and at the time, I didn't really, I never considered Instagram as like having potential for either income or for my work. Yeah. I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. And I was just writing um, a lot of my spiritual insights and just life insights on there. And from there over the course of the years, like it was just slowly in decline, Mm. which I understand is probably a bunch of robots anyway. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends too who like had Instagram, have had them for years and there's like that new wave of like a lot of accounts aren't active anymore. Yeah. A lot of them were probably- Same thing with YouTube. Random. Yeah. Ghost, yeah, <laughs> ghost bots or whatever they're called, um, and then eventually just like got to a point where I was literally, I think it was like point one percent 
of my content was reaching people. Right. It was just ins- like for me, that's insane. Yeah. Um, I had like, I had like maybe 30 something thousand followers. Um, I still do, but I just don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and for about a year and a half or even two years, I contemplated like switch making that switch because it just didn't feel like a, an authentic representation yeah, of myself genuine. anymore. Yeah. And I think the catalyst of me moving here, like spark that in me. Yeah. And that, in that the new account reflects this new me in a way yeah. that the other one didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's almost like Instagram caused it. <laughs> like it put like a dent in your account's progress yeah. not that like numbers are important like let's just no i don't cover that but it really but... messes with your head yeah totally it really messed with my brain like i was yeah. uh, not obsessed but you just start thinking of like oh well i only got x amount of likes on my photo compared to this photo or yeah. these people are getting this amount of likes and they have less followers than me and like all this nonsense yeah, I totally see that how that would happen. M- monkey chatter yeah <laughs> in my brain telling me that i wasn't worthy yeah and i needed to yeah, let that part. It's crazy how, um, I mean, social media apps are literally curated for like the way our brain, like they, apps spend a lot of time learning about the brain so yes. that they can keep people on them and mm-hmm. so that they can keep this like desire going. Yeah. And I love social media so much. Like it's healed me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It's brought me so much information. I think that there's more opportunity for good than there is for bad, Agreed. but it's certainly like possible to have both, but it's just interesting in that, um, we are so wrapped up in things like numbers. We are so wrapped yep. up in things like likes and, um, it's almost like somebody else. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm getting at, but it's a strange thing though. It's so strange. And then the other thing I'm really curious about yes. is, are you studying herbalism? Yes, I, I haven't am. asked you about this yeah, yet. Yeah, I have. <laughs> are you doing it with, it's um, called, um, I don't know where I saw Herbal this, Academy. But you have like a pick, a stick, their sticker. And I was like, oh, I, I almost like, yeah. I've, I've looked into Herbal their Academy. school before. Yeah. yeah, they're out in Massachusetts and they have this yeah. really cool online program. Yeah. So I did my introductory course and I'm onto my intermediate course. Okay. Yeah. And how did you come to that? How did that journey go? I've always loved plants okay. <laughs> and flowers. Like I remember being a little girl and just loving the grass and the trees. And I'd often have conversations with <laughs> nature around me. <laughs> As kids do. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, it's something that really was deeply within me that I, I felt like a connection with the world around me and mm-hmm. nature. But I think as time goes on, you kind of, detach from the things that you loved as a child yeah and i'm like coming back to all the things that i used to love so herbalism and nature is one of them and during my time in costa rica spending time with like shamans and um doing medicine ceremonies i i came to understand the power of plants and that there is medicine all around us and we just don't know it yeah so looking at like dandelion weed is a good example that is a medicine and chickweed and fern and I don't know, pine sap and all these things are used as medicines and have been used traditionally across the world as medicine. And I just see there's so much power in that knowledge of knowing that and being able to look around you and see that there is potential for like nourishment in your body. I've always been, um, like I'm very fascinated by it. I think at one point I will study it just (laughs) like for fun. Um, It really is fun. And it's like nice to be able to make like DIY Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and like, I've always felt jealous of 
my friends who like when we are in like the forest and they're like, oh, look at this one species of (laughs) plant. And I'm like, okay, yep, cool. Yeah. I knew that too. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think it would, it's, it's very, like, I think about it all the time how, I mean, I guess this is kind of different. This is more like farming, but we are so dependent on Mm -hmm. external sources Mm -hmm. for survival. Mm -hmm. If somebody put me in a world where there was no grocery stores, there was no, you know, all of our modern luxuries that we have, like water, Yep, all of these things, like, we would just die. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, I would have no idea. It is such a science, like farming yes. and, and understanding the land. And we used to, as humans, be so connected yes. to that yes. at one point in time. Yes. And we're just not now. Yeah. And I think that every human has the, you know, like by law, we have to go to school, but we should mm-hmm. also have to learn about, um, the land that we live on it's history and we should also learn about like plants and like survival (laughs) like literally the basic fundamentals of being a human I feel like to some degree aren't taught um and it's just so fascinating to me because it's true like people see dandelions as weeds get rid of it (laughs) yeah and yet like they're these beautiful living organisms Mm -hmm. that have a whole wide range of like information and knowledge and like its own systems of being and living and it's just we don't pay attention to the world around us we Mm -mm. don't know we're so disconnected from the world around us and from the way that it once was Mm -hmm. um I remember listening sorry I'm like really going off on tangent about this (laughs) but I remember listening to um somebody speak a while ago and they were saying that as humans hundreds of if not more than like a thousand years ago we had the ability to like we were so in sync with the present moment and we Mm. were so in sync with being human that we had the ability to be standing around other humans i think this was this was a yeah this was in a ritual podcast at one point love his podcast Mm -hmm. by the way to anybody listening (laughs) yeah um and yeah they were saying that if if you like thousands of years ago we had the ability to stand near other humans and know what they were feeling because we could read like vibrations and like we were just so in sync Mm -hmm. with being present but yet now we have like all this technology and stuff that's like clouding it Mm -hmm. something that I always think about which is like super similar is like we just have this like veil of like modern human that has just been put on top of like what's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. and i was thinking about it last time i was in an airplane like you just look down and there's like roads and houses and like mm-hmm. cars and that's just the way it is yep like we're so used to having languages and literally like roads like yeah and businesses and Wait, all this is normal for us it's, right it's all man-made yeah like time <laughs> so like abstract i'm going like way too adapt here. <laughs> but time is a man-made concept it is and that's yeah the, the way that we know that's it now weird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's weird yeah <laughs> like it's an early 20s <laughs> existential crisis for you no, right there but, but i feel like so many people are waking up to this need to go back to the old ways yeah and i feel like that's part of my life also like i've been in communication or being guided by an elder and uh, her name is grandmother karina Boop, shout out grandma <laughs> and 
she has taught me so much about returning to the old ways and going, you know, in accordance to the 13 moon cycle and getting in touch with your womb and like our menstrual cycles. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think herbalism is also part of that for me. Like totally. learning how to listen yeah. to the, to the land. And it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't stop with the like culture thing. I just went on. Like it is like the land, our cycles, like mm-hmm. there are so many just fundamental things that we're disconnected from. And we do so in favor of like productivity because mm. it's more resource, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's it's more um, beneficial okay. for us with resources to like just go into school and like learn how to make money and like yeah. learn that way of life. Mm-hmm. We get more out of it than mm-hmm. we do learning this like abstract connection. Cool. So, abstract, yeah. To yeah. some people. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Let me tell you, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you start to think of like, we're all like just like one big like community hanging mm-hmm. out and yet we all feel so divisive. Mm-hmm. But like humans are just one big, I really stole this conversation. <laughs> but how has herbalism been going? Great. Yeah. yeah. I have, I did make a little shop. Um, it's closed now, but. I'm going to be updating it. Nice. It's called Earth and Coven. Cool. So wants to check yeah, it out. We can, I can link it down below. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. In the show notes. I feel like that's a fun, just a fun little project. Yeah. I make tinctures and nice salves and balms and things nice. like that. And then, I mean, you're furthering your studies and doing so because I'm sure you learn every yeah. single time you make. Yeah. Always that's learning. crazy. Yeah. How did you go about like getting, did you have to like get a bunch of herbs to start with kind of thing? Yeah, I bought, the um, they offer, yeah, they offer like a starter kit okay. just to get acquainted with certain herbs Yeah, and learning how to make, you know, Makes it yourself or like your, yeah. your tincture or yeah. whatever. And uh, yeah, from there you can just explore and create and experiment with however, you know, Are you just sort yourself. of doing that for fun or do you yeah. have any ideas of like you could turn it into something? Um, Probably my greater vision is to turn it into a full-time job. Yeah. And um, my husband and I envision living off the land in Hawaii. That's our door opening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we envision living off the land uh, in Hawaii or Costa Rica. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, But that would probably be part of that, like being able to grow my own herbs and make all that on my own, like, from scratch yeah being able to love those plants and see them grow and then make something that i can offer the world that's awesome yeah i love that yeah maybe i'll i don't know we'll see (laughs) i feel like my life is one big question mark yeah in a good way yeah Yeah, i think i don't know it should be yeah we can't always settle for things totally just like accept things as they are one big adventure yeah 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 all right. I don't know what else. Do you have anything you want to add? Where can people find you? What are you What are you starting? What are you working on these okay, days? Okay. Well, um, I'm working on my new Instagram account, which is okay. called Seeking with Sonia, and I'm actually currently working on a blog entitled okay. that Seeking with Sonia. And I basically the vision is to just share aspects of my life, yeah, um, including veganism. Uh, just spiritual insights, things on womanhood, on menstrual cycles and ways of the moon and the divine feminine and uh, conscious relationship. 
and because uh, I think and you write poetry too. I right? do write poetry. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to incorporate that on there too. And your poetry is beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working on um. I've said this for like I don't know how many years, but I'm working on a poetry book. Okay. Uh, I would love to like send that out into the world. Although yeah. it makes me kind of scared. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. I get that. Yeah. It's lots of emotion. Yeah. But everybody has emotion. Yes. So there's no. Everyone can relate to a story. Yeah. And there's no reason to feel self-conscious of an emotion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm all, I mean, that's what I'm all about. I love sharing even in my most uh, depressed or anxious moments. I love sharing that because it's healing for both me and the potential of someone reading it. Like yeah. They see themselves in my story. Yeah. I think that's the power of story. You can see yourself in it. Totally. All right. Well, this was fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. This no, was so fun. Thank you for being here. Uh, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and there you have it. That's my conversation with Sonia. I'm so grateful to have connected with her. And we have spoken about doing, um, you know, a round two, a part two on the podcast sometime in the future. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm I'm feeling very grateful to have her in my life. Uh, as always, you can find all of my guests over on Instagram and their preferred platforms. You can find Sonia on Instagram at Seeking with Sonia. That's Seeking S E E K I N G with Sonia. Um, and definitely let her know that I sent you and let her know that you're enjoying her words. You should definitely go ahead and read some of her poetry. I know she's working on a blog. So lots of exciting things. And I think that's all I really have to say. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I'll speak to you guys in the next one. As always, you can find me on Instagram and on YouTube at Sedona Christina and definitely share this podcast with a friend if you've been enjoying it. And don't forget to go ahead and give it a little writing on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Um, That would be gratefully appreciated. And I love you all so, so, so much. Remember to stay happy, humble and forever compassionate. Bye, guys. Bye.